Hallelujah. Praise God. While you remain standing, we'd like to draw your attention to the word of the Lord here this morning. Praise God. Hebrews chapter number 3. Hebrews chapter number 3. This is a Bible reading church as well as a Bible believing church. If you didn't bring your Bible with you this morning, maybe you could look on with your neighbor. If I was going to a church and I wanted to know that that particular church was preaching the truth, I appreciate the words on a screen, but I want to see it in the book. There's so many translations. Um, somebody at one time uh, did a, um, a comparison between the NIV version and the King James version, and they found 10,000 discrepancies between the New International Version, which is widely accepted by the non-denominational movement, and the King James Version. And um, you know what I say about the King James Version, if it was good enough for Peter and good enough for Paul. Some of you are thinking a little bit about that. Okay, Hebrews chapter 3. Verse number 7. Wherefore, as he saith, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, everybody said, today. Not yesterday. Not tomorrow. Today. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Everybody said today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, everybody said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. I want to talk to us for a few minutes this morning about never before and never again. Never before and never again. Let's put our Bibles down. I know that we've We've worshiped the Lord and praised his name a bunch here today, but let's pray for the remainder of this service. Would you lift up your voice with us and pray that the word of God would be a blessing and a strength and a light to somebody. Father, we love you. We praise you. We give you, we give you great praise. We pray that you will shine in every heart, give strength, give victory. Let the word of God be a light unto our path and a light in the darkness of this world, God. And let us escape, God, the haunting realities of a world without God. We ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. 
And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You know, this has been kind of a kind of an unusual service with all of the all of the things going on. I appreciate you just kind of sticking with us through that. Definitely a red letter day in our history. Hallelujah. This terminology that is used more than once in this passage of scripture, it says today. You will see in the King James Version that there is a space between two, T-O, and D-A-Y. This, no doubt, is a old English practice in there. You probably have some English majors here in an audience this size here this morning, so I'm not going to try to pull a bunch of Heinrich maneuvers on you uh, in English today. But this literally means today, not yesterday, not next month. It means today, in the present, right now. One of the things that we have to consider uh, this morning that is of extreme importance is that not all moments in God are created equal. There are occasions in our lives, there are situations in our lives, there are probably even far beyond our being cognizant or aware that there are moments or days in God that are head and shoulders above every other day in God. Not every moment is created equal. And so the challenge, if you're genuinely a follower of Jesus Christ and you have um, taken his name in baptism and you're filled with the power of his spirit, is that all of us should live our life in such a day that we see the day approaching and that we understand divine indicators that some situations and some days are head and shoulders above other situations that would cause us to understand, to walk carefully, to walk humbly, to go into a different season of consecration perhaps and understand that these are unlike other chapters in our lives. In this particular reading that I read in your hearing this morning, it is referring back to a famous chapter in the history of God's people, uh, the nation of Israel. It uses interesting terminology. The warning to us in verse number 7 is based on an Old Testament situation. Look at verse number 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, that's to you and I, harden not your hearts as in the provocation as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Now, what is that referring to? That is referring to the nation of Israel, that the most famous occurrence that is widely known and was to be the foundation of God's people's belief system of God in the Old Testament was not the calling of Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees. It was not a young David and his slingshot bringing down uh, Goliath the giant. It, it was not 
Jacob with his head on a stone at Bethel. It was, it was not any of those occasions. But the spinal column of the Old Testament was when God brought his people out of Egyptian bondage. God bringing his people out of Egyptian bondage was the fulfillment of a prophecy hundreds of years before that and was to be the basis of a promise for hundreds of years after that. The nation of Israel was to understand that the God that heard our cry under the whip of the taskmaster and living in Egyptian bondage and cursing Egypt with water turning into blood and a plague of lice and frogs and flies and then ultimately all of the firstborn of uh, the nation of Egypt dying and finally Pharaoh saying, get your people out of here, Moses. And to all of those that applied the blood to the doorpost of their heart, the death angel moving over and they being packed up and ready for an exodus and then leaving on more than a three-day journey and getting right to the perimeter of the Red Sea. And then God, through supernatural power, splitting the Red Sea and allowing his people to walk forth on dry shod. And when Pharaoh and his chariots came in and pursuing God's people, when they got right into the nucleus of the Red Sea, God took away his power and they drowned in the Red Sea. And then God began to lead them to Kadesh Barnea and Mount Sinai when God demonstrated his power and God gave his word. That is all the bedrock and the spinal column of the Old Testament because God's people were required to look back and to remember that God is mighty and God is powerful. And no matter who our enemy is, God is greater and God can bring us through and God will fulfill his promise and God will fulfill his prophecy. Clap your hands and give him praise. That was designed by God to be the bedrock of all faith, expectation, and promise to God's people after Egypt. That they were to tell that to consecutive thousands of generations that our God is faithful, and our God is mighty, and our God is powerful, and our God is strong to deliver us. murmured, people groaned, people complained at the Red Sea, and God, it was, it was the very first test after coming out of Egyptian bondage. There was, they were between the Red Sea and the chariots of Pharaoh, and they could see the dust on the horizon, and they said, our days are numbered, maybe we ought to just give up right now. And God looked at Moses and said, you face the Red Sea and put your rod over it and you go forward. God is not a backward thinking God. God is not into backsliding. God is not into going back to drugs. God is not going back to the bar. God is not going back to what you were. God is not going back to pornography. God is not going back to sitting at home. God is not going back to being. God says, no, if you don't understand it, go forward anyhow. God is a forward-thinking God. 
Hallelujah. They complained about the food. They complained that there wasn't water. They complained about environmental issues. They complained about leadership. They threatened to go back. They threatened to walk out. And the last straw for God, if I could put it that way, is when God got them to the edge of the promised land and allowed them to send spies into the promised land, a land that he had had his very first man by the name of Abraham walk the length and the breadth of it. This is the same land. is we are not here by ourselves. We are not here by some attachment to some human mechanism. We are here as a fulfillment of prophecy and promise. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that the Lord our God shall call. Clap your hands and give him praise. So they sent spies. You're familiar with the story sent spies, and the spies come back. They brought fruit. The fruit was so great, <coughs> they had to bring it back on a stage on the shoulders of spies. That's how big the fruit was. But they didn't focus on the fruit. They didn't focus on the cities that they would inhabit and didn't build. They didn't focus on pastures and, and fields and beasts of burdens that they would have inherited but didn't have to domesticate. They didn't, they didn't focus on the homes that they would dwell in and they didn't pay for. They focused on the enemy. They focused on the enemy. And ten spies said, we can't do it. And what they were really saying is, we don't believe God is doing it. Now you're starting to figure out why God said, me bringing you out of the nation of Israel is to be the backbone of all your faith and all your expectations. Because if I can turn water into blood, and I can cause frogs to overtake the land, and I can cause lice to get inside Pharaoh's bedroom, then I'm here to tell you that I can bring down a giant, and I can change everything, and nobody will be able to stand before you. See, this is why, this is why in a church like this, we preach the truth that you being saved is not you just shaking the pastor's hand and you not just saying, well, I've accepted the Lord as my Savior and you just taking minimal steps and saying, you know, I feel a little bit different. No, 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 no. You have to obey the Word of God. You've got to repent of your sins where the blood is applied to the doorpost of your life and you've got to break the water, which is a type of the Red Sea and then you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost, which is being a fire, a pillar of fire by day and a... You've got to have the miraculous as a backdrop for everything that God wants to lead you into, or you're never going to understand what's happening in your life. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse number 14. Moses is looking at these people. And he says this, and the space in which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we were come over the brook Zered was 30 and 8 years until all the generation of the men of war were wasted out from the land of hosts as the Lord swear unto them. When the people believe a 
a negative report. Instead of two men said that God is well able to do it. God said that is it. They're not going in. You're going backwards. And this is Moses testifying to them that they did so for 38 years, plus the two years in which God brought them out of Egypt and they were stationed at Kadesh Barnea. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse number 7. Watch this. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came into this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. They complained. They didn't like this. They didn't like leadership. They didn't like the call that the leader made. They didn't like the service. They didn't like the water. They, they didn't like the food. They didn't like the environment. All they did was bellyache and complain. And when God finally brought them to the promise of fulfilling a promise that he made to Abraham, they did not understand the day. They did not understand the hour. And it cost them an entire generation. The reason why they wandered 40 years is because that was the length of a biblical generation. provocation was not really a day except that God was adding it up, okay? Okay, you're threatening to go back because there's not a way in the Red Sea. You haven't got that job just because you prayed about it. Okay, you're going to threaten to just stay at home because everything's not going your way. You're you're, going to start talking about leadership because you didn't like the call they made. You, did, you, you didn't like this. You didn't like that. You didn't like this. You're, you're living halfway in Egypt. You're already back in Egypt in some cases. And God's just, God's just keeping real good notes. And God's keeping score. But when it went time to fulfill a promise that God made to a leader, and they didn't understand the day that they were living in, and they didn't understand the threshold that they were about to walk over and lead their entire children, God said, that generation is going to be eaten by vultures and jackals and rest by the beasts of the field and will never even see the promised land because they did not refer back to who I was in Egypt and I brought them out with a mighty hand. They forgot the power of what happened to you when you spoke with other tongues and the power of baptism and the power of the almighty God. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. When they saw my works. Now this is negative. But it's in the Bible. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 that these things happen for our example. That we should not lust like they did. That we should not fall into murmuring and complaining and unbelief like they did. For many of them fell in the wilderness and with many of them God was not well pleased. When it comes to the day that God has been planning for, not you, and God is saying, I need somebody to fulfill my promise. He doesn't care about inconvenience. He doesn't care about timing. 
He doesn't care where you're at in your life. You're supposed to have enough on the ball that you realize today, this day, this opportunity, clap your hands and give God the praise. No, you really need to clap your hand because we're going through life pursuing the American dream that is in conflict with the word of God. Looking back at our text, as I've already mentioned, not all moments in God are created equal. Not all opportunities are equal. Not all events are equal. There are some things that God has already pre-designed because they were finished, the works were finished before the foundation of the world. And there are some things that are going to operate in our lives on some spiritual mechanism that is not operating on the calendar and my, my cell phone and my social networking and my job and even my family. Verse number seven in, of our text says, today, Not tomorrow. Verse number 13 says, today. Verse number 15 says, today. Same context in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse number 7, it says, today. This is the only way to help ourselves. Look at chapter 3 and verse number 13, Brother Clark. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of your sin. Verse 14. But we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. That means you're walking with God. You're continuing on with Jesus. Verse number 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice. Let's lift our hands and just pray right now. I have lived my entire Christianity dependent on God's voice. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to live without hearing that voice from time to time, reaffirming and reasserting and redirecting and encouraging me and leading me and strengthening me. some game last airplane flight we were on it's what you call sudoku you know who you are we will find out who you are sudoku and i said what is this and i she got two or three points and i said ah that's too intelligent for me i'll stick to jumble and checkers i have a riddle for you and my name is not samson what is it in your life that is never before and will never be again? What is it in your life and in my life that has never been before and will never be again?
scream it out. Today. Today. You got the right answer. Today we'll never be here again. And it was never here before. Because you see, yesterday it was tomorrow. And tomorrow it will be yesterday. Which means that today is unlike any other sequence of moments, of seconds, of minutes, of hours, and I'm going to give it to God. I'm not in a denominational church that has to go to a building. I'm not in a denominational church that has to wait till I get to the prayer room. I'm going to live for God whether I'm on the street. I'm going to live for God whether I'm at home. I'm going to give him every moment. I'm going to give him every second. I'm going to give him every minute. I'm going to give him every hour. I'm going to give him every day. Clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, somebody. I'm, no, I'm not waiting until next Sunday to get the victory. I'm not waiting for a month or now to have revival. I'm going to have revival right here and right now. Right here and right now. Right here and right now. Shout unto the Lord with a voice. All right, you may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know you was that smart. Just stare at him for a minute. First of all, make, make sure you're married to him. In, inside that lovely casing of flesh, between their ears is over 100 billion cells. Now look at him and say, I didn't know you was that smart. Come on, you guys. Are you guys doing this? Okay, I can't see, so I don't know what's going on. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, today's like no other day. If you would have told me 25 years ago that we were looking at that old ice rink, I'd say you're crazy. We ain't got people. We ain't got money. But God said, I see it way out there. You just live for me every day. You live for me every moment. You live for me every chapter. And I'll live. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. You got to be willing to face the giants against all odds. If you would have told me that we were going to be in the, look at this place. When I first saw this building, Brother Sessions, there was an old beat up car right about where, where Brother David is. I would say something right now, but it wouldn't be very nice. I'm just having fun. He can take it. There was a shopping cart that got lost from Safeway. Safeway is about a mile from here. There was one of those car lifts right over there. The prayer room was the service department. It still is. You get tuned up in there, get an oil change. My God, I feel running coming. 
you got to understand this. I already understand this is a day like no other day because God's saying, you just believe me. It doesn't matter how big the manger was. It doesn't mean how insignificant the beginning was. I'm still God. I can still do the miraculous. See, there's some people, they want to come in, they want to, it looks nice, it feels nice, I think I'll just park here, this is great. You don't understand, there's people that sacrifice for you to enjoy that pew with lumbar support. And we're glad, we're glad you're, you enjoy that pew with lumbar support. We got a lot of people here with bad backs. That's all right. But you got to understand something. God's going to allow you to come here and enjoy this for a little bit, and now he's going to give you an opportunity to be where other people were before you. You see, we're not takers around here. I was blessed to be a blessing. God loves a cheerful giver. Come on, you can't outgive God. And the blessing in God is for your pastor that's almost 65 is, I get the opportunity, Brother Thompson, to do it all over again. See, this is not a shrine of ambition. This is not a monument to human uh, ability. But this is believing that God will bring him out of the east and bring him out of the south and bring him out of the west and bring him out of the north. Clap your hands and give him praise. Never before and never again. I've seen people that, lo- that, mo- that misuse and mistake their moments in God. This is the danger of living according to the American dream. Instead of asking God for forgiveness every day, I'd rather have God leading me every day. And when God is leading you every day, you're in divine, you're in divine alignment. God will still forgive you every day. You're still going to make it. But you're robbing yourself of how instead of you sitting in baggage with all the other pile of baggage on top of you, God's already made a way for you to sit right next to the pilot and see how this thing goes and see how high we can fly and see how fat. Oh, somebody help me out right now. God has got an empty pilot seat. He's saying, come on, get on out of baggage. Get on out of coach. Get on out of first class and sit up here and watch me fly. The only reason why you're not in the chair is you're afraid of the price tag. The problem is some moments are never before and never again. Let's lift our hands and pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, I want to be in alignment. I want to be able to recognize divine indicators. I'm not just here to be a taker. I'm not just here to be a recipient. But I am blessed to be a blessing. I have received so that I can be a giver. You've made me whole so I can be a wounded healer. The average human mind has a hundred billion cells. I think I lost a few on the way. human being has between 50 and 70,000 thoughts. 
35 to 48 per minute, 3,000 per hour, one thought per second. tell me that the human mind is the greatest component of a human life because it is absolutely staggering in its ability. The human mind in relationship to time has two extremes. One is your memory relevant to the past. The imagination is prefigured and wired for the future. Most people in our world are bound by guilt to the past and fear of the future. Devil, you might have had yesterday, but you ain't getting today. This is the day that the Lord has. Somebody run. I think you're starting to catch on that your memory can hurt you, that your fears of the future can hurt you because you may not understand that you've got an opportunity that is never before and never again. Clap your hands and give him praise. talking and counseling with hundreds of saints over the last 25 years, I have had to remind people that come into my office and say, Pastor, uh, this is what happened to me in the past. And it's either, it either comes down to shame or condemnation. Sometimes both of those things working together to keep that person anchored to the past. And when we talk about the past, I talk about the blood. If you're anchored to the past and you're, you're, you do not want to miss your, you see, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I can't get ahead of myself. But I'm here to tell you that it is the devil's trick to have you focused on the past while you're walking through every single moment. And, you, and, you, and you're not even seeing reality for what it is and the promises of God that are right before you. Hallelujah, I got the answer for you. It is the blood of the lamb. And they overcame the accuser of the brethren. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Devil, I might have messed up yesterday, but I'm not messing up today. I'm going to walk in victory. I'm going to walk in power. I'm going to walk with my eyes open. I'm going to walk with my ears open. I'm going to walk with my heart right. I'm Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. There's some opportunities that will come that you get over you get you get paralyzed by the paralysis of analysis.
you got to have your act together to get to a certain level in this thing. But you always got some people that are going to ask how much money the church has got because they want to they want to build their faith on what we ain't got. I'm not listen. Just just let me preach. I've been doing this long enough. This ain't my first rodeo. This ain't my first county fair. Your fears are looking for a place to park. Well, Pastor, I don't know. Well, just sit down and be quiet. I do know. One of the challenges that I'm seeing as a pastor, and it's just going to continue as time goes on, is keeping the entire body together and experiencing the same thing at the same time. The church is too big. People have jobs. People have responsibilities. People are going to meet grandma in western Pennsylvania. People are going to do this. Somebody took aspirin. It was the wrong kind. Their foot swelled three times bigger than their shoe. They can't come to church. Come to church anyway. God will touch that foot. What are you trying to say, Pastor? What I'm trying to say is this. It's virtually impossible to have everybody on the same level where they're, where they're all just like chomping at the bit, even though this church is a little bit different. This church is different. Just, just take my word for it. It's different. But I'm here to tell you that I think you caught it. We've been looking across the street long enough. It's time for God. When God gave me that phone call, I already knew what I had to do. Brother Wokey, I just needed to get out of the way and say, God, you put me here, and you put me here for a reason. I'm not looking for a back door. I'm not looking for an excuse. I'm not looking for a way out. I'm looking for a way to go forward. There will always be some people that will say this is probably a good time to bail out. Problem is you're going to end up in a church where that pastor wants to grow. And so you're going to go through the same thing sometimes at a lower at a lower level. And you're going to finally say, God, I'm out. Why don't you just get it here? Why don't you just get it here and watch people on the job find an altar. Watch your next door neighbors get the Holy Ghost. Watch the mayor come in and go down in Jesus' name and come out of that water speaking another tongue. How many building programs are we going to go through before we finally get the idea? God, you're trying to get something to me. I've been through a couple of these now. God, I want you to know I may not have all the answers, but I believe you can do everything. I believe you can do it anywhere, and I believe you can do it with us. Heard the story one time of a man had the mayor living in his cul-de-sac. He'd been witnessing to him for years. The mayor finally told him one day, I'm coming to church with you. You already heard the story, but I'm going to tell it again because there's a lot of people that haven't heard it. And uh, he called the pastor up. He said, Pastor, can we have an easy service on Sunday? You know, I don't need Susie running the aisles, flipping bobby pins like 50 caliber bullets, and we don't need the town drunk Joe banging on a drum and running around, giving a war hoop because he's been delivered. Let's just have an easy service. The mayor's coming. The pastor said, well, you know, I don't know. Let's just, let's just see what God will do. And the day came, and he slipped in the back and sat in the back with the mayor. And the service started, 
And all of a sudden, here comes Sister Susie running the aisle. Her hair is whipping like a bobby, uh, like, like, like a buggy whip, and bobby pins are flinging everywhere. And then here comes old Joe running the aisle with, with his stomach hanging out over his belt. But he's giving God the praise for pulling him out of a bar stool and putting his marriage back together. And the guy just gets down on his hands and knees, puts his hands in his face, and he says, oh, God, i got to live next door to this guy. After several minutes, he looked up. The mayor had his hands in the air, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives him. There's a whole nother population God's going to bring to this church that's not even here. Clap your hands and give God the praise. The human mind left to itself becomes bound at the past and frozen over the future. Is it just me, or is I'm starting to deal with a lot more saints that are battling fear? And I'm not here to make fun of you. If you are, I'm here to give you an answer today. My God, you don't have to put up with that fear. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today. Come on, somebody, you can do better than that. But see, you're going to have to get in the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to get into the rest of the Holy Ghost and let God be your timekeeper. Let God be your deliverer and let God be your way maker. Clap your hands and give him praise. Never before. Never again. The reason why the nation of Israel missed their Savior and Redeemer. Jesus said in Luke chapter number 19, because they knew it's not the time of their visitation. We're caught up in just life unfolding at a certain pace. Monday, i got to be working here, and Tuesday, I'm doing this, and Wednesday. They're focused on their jobs or some, something in this life. And they missed their Redeemer. They didn't recognize him. He didn't come as a king with flowing robes and a diadem and a crown of royalty. But he came in the form of a humble servant. Never before and never again. I have family members in my family that when I finally got saved, cut my hair, got a job, Paid my first bill. You talk about a monumental occasion. That was God sending my family a witness. Never before. And never again. Not all moments are created equal in a person's life. And you will miss the fine print if you have a hard heart. Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation in the wilderness where they saw my works and tempted me for 40 years. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. 
even though the works were finished for the foundations of the world. God is looking for somebody that will fulfill that book. Not worry about what people think, what they say, what they're going to do. But they're anchored in another world because they realize I've been looking for this opportunity. You know what, devil? I've missed a few things. If I was you tonight sitting, sitting in this building here this morning, and I was you, this, this is what I'd be saying. I'd be saying, you know what? I know I missed a few doors. I got caught up with this, and I got caught up in that, and I allowed myself maybe to get messed up here, and I got messed up over there. But you know what? I'm going to go out of this with a good report. I'm going to go, if, if, if David, who slew an innocent man and committed adultery with his wife, ended up in Hebrews chapter 11, and Samson, that only had two prayer meetings in the entirety of his life, and, 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 and gave himself to fornication and, and died in blindness, but ended up in Hebrews chapter 11. Isn't it interesting that Hebrews chapter 11 begins by saying, now, now. You might have messed up last year, but now you might have messed up six months ago, but now you might have made a bunch of bad choices, but now, right now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Clap, stand to your feet and clap your hands, and let's give God the praise. Today, if you will hear his voice, today, 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 I'm not putting it off, today. When God spoke to me, I didn't even know it was God. But he spoke to my emptiness. Brother Claiborne, as he preached so eloquently last weekend, I was blown away while this young man preached because he preached my entire testimony. I asked him about it over dinner. I said, did you hear, did you hear my testimony at all ever or about it? He said, no. I don't know anything about it. And I said, God spoke to me when I was a heavy metal guitar player playing on stage. And God spoke to my emptiness, and that started my pathway towards because I realized that was an opportunity. Now that I look back on it, it was never before and never again. Not all moments, not all days, not all weeks, not all months, not all years, not all times are created equal. Let's lift our hands and let's give God the praise. There's people that are visiting here today that God's been dealing with you. God's been speaking your name and trying to pull you to a place of accepting truth. Come on, let's lift our voice and pray. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss opportunities. I don't want to miss dangers. I don't want to, I don't want to miss something from God. I, I want to be exactly where God wants me to be and doing what God wants me to do. Let's pray. This altar is open if you'd like to come and pray. Maybe adjust your antenna and recognize that a season 
is unlike any other season in your life. And you're a part of that. If you're visiting with us, come. Let God talk to you. Let God fill you with his power. Let God empower you here today. Come on, this altar is open to you in Jesus' name. pursuing a career, the kingdom just kept on moving. While we were pursuing some endeavor, some situation of life, the kingdom of God just kept on moving forward. Plan of God just kept on moving, kept on progressing, kept advancing, kept growing. This altar's open. Come on. Come on, this altar's open today. 